yes, yes, welcome back to another episode, another week where we're here with the Real Talk, Real Walk family. Yep, yep. Back with another episode full of vibrations. Mm-hmm. What are you guys trying to? What are you guys planning to tell me? Oh, another, another episode <laughs> full of energy. Mm-hmm. Another episode full of da da da. Another mm-hmm. episode full of everything that you can think of. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are right now. You're listening. We appreciate you mm-hmm. and all of your family members. Right. Say so your good evenings and your greetings, Ora Iman. It's your girl, Ora. Okay. E bag, you don't want to greet the people. Like, it was a bit, it was a bit sharp. Like I was like, okay, cool. I know I sounded angry. Oh, sorry, guys. Oh my gosh. Do you know what? I was just really concentrating because I'm doing my background research, ready for the episode that is to come. But let oh. me greet you guys properly. Please excuse my manners. Hi, everybody. It's your girl, Ore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is better? You uh, might want to greet the people there. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy, Mr. Game Changer. Um, it's good to it's good to be back. Um, it's good to hear you guys' voices, and it's good to yeah speak to the people them. So, yeah, man. That's it. That's it. That's it. Right. So today is obviously a bit of a what's the Christianese that people are using nowadays? It's a bit of an oily topic. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a bit of a heavy one. It's a bit of a weighty one. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about. Our, our understanding and views on whether Christians are sinners mm-hmm. um, or whether we're saved from grace and no longer sinners. I think it's obviously one of them topics that I think for me anyway, um, it's been it's been quite weighty because I've like grown up in church, always believing one thing. And then the more I've kind of like grown deeper in scripture of recent, I've kind of seen a different side to the argument and I use argument very very loosely because it's more of conversation slash debate mm-hmm. um so I thought I wanted to obviously bring it to the table to kind of see what you two think of of the topic as to whether we're we're sinners obviously I've got a few scriptures to dive through mm-hmm. um but the opening one I obviously want to mention and put out there to the floor is is Romans three twenty three, and I read the NIV version and it says I'm sure we all know it but it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, this is a scripture that for me in growing up, I've been saved for several, several years. Um, and I've always kind of believed that, yes, as Christians, we are sinners um, because we all fall short of the glory. Um, but before, obviously, like share my share my views and share my piece, putting it out there. What What's your guys views on on that scripture presenting to us that we're sinners or the belief that we're sinners because of that scripture? Uh, it's facts. We're sinners. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I reckon go first. Um, I I believe that we are still we are all sinners. We were born sinners. Christ came. Christ came to die for our sins, so that we have atonement. So let me try and explain atonement. Um, Pastor, you will have to correct me if I get this wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we have atonement, meaning that we now have a um something that stands in the gap. So that we can get to God, we don't need to kind of um, do anything to earn it. We can just go freely to Christ for forgiveness. However, once once we are forgiven, because of human nature, because we are all for short and we are all essentially born into sin, we will continue to sin, but the grace of God will keep us. I don't know if I've explained that properly, but that's kind of how I see it. What's your what's your views on atonement, Iman? Well, I mean, 
okay, let's <laughs> okay, cool. Let's let's look at Romans three uh, quickly. It says I'll, I'll read it quickly. So you read twenty three. I'll just read a mm. couple verses before. It says, but now the righteousness of God has been clearly revealed independently and completely apart from the law through, though it is confirmed by the law and the words and writings of the prophets, this righteousness of God comes in faith in Jesus Christ for all those Jew or Gentile who believe and trust in him, um, acknowledge him as God's son. There is, there is no distinction. Since all have sinned and continually fall to short, uh, fall short of the glory of God, and are being justified, declared free from the guilt of sin, made acceptable to God, and granted eternal life. One second, granted eternal life. Where are we? Granted eternal life as a gift by His precious, undeserved grace through the redemption, the payment of our sin which is provided in Christ Jesus. So yes, all have fallen short of the glory of God. We know that. But in the context of this scripture, Paul is basically saying that humanity, yes, has fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus, Jesus has now justified. The, so those who will now believe him as God's son, those who believe what he's done and the sacrifice he's made, those are the ones who now become justified. What does it mean to be justified? Justified in simple terms, means just as if I'd never sinned. So when God looks at when God looks at you, he looks at you from that lens. He does not look at you as a sinner. He does not look at you from a perspective of one who continually sins. He looks at you from a perspective of someone who's justified. So our position before God is not as one who is sinful in nature, but because yeah. when God looks at us, he doesn't see us, he sees Jesus. Therefore, he can't see he can't see sinner Jesus. He sees son Jesus. He sees the perfect lamb, lamb Jesus. So yes, I do get the con I, I do understand the scripture, how this scripture can be used, but I don't think this scripture should be used to justify why once you're we're born again, we should um we are still sinners. Now to to go on to you know what Ara was saying, I understand it. Just because we are human beings does not mean we are not susceptible to temptation or it does not mean that we can't be tempted into sin the point is we've been freed or we've been justified from the not only the penalty of sin but we've been been set free from the power of sin so sin no longer has power over us why because jesus lives on the inside of us so we have a choice this is where free will comes in we're not going to go into that discussion today, but I believe in free will. This is where sin now becomes a choice matter, not a way of life matter. Sin now becomes a choice that we make. That's why Romans tells us that those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. That's why the scriptures yeah. also say that if we're led, um, if uh, we shouldn't be, um, uh, what's, what's the phraseology or what's the terminology? That if we, if we yield or we follow the flesh, oh, we'll, we'll reap of the flesh. If we will reap spirit. at the. We will reap of the flesh. Do you understand? But yeah. if you sow to the things of the spirit, then you will reap the things of the spirit. And then Galatians goes on to say, say X, Y, Z. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, all of that kind of stuff. So though I do understand, I think the technicality of what we're trying to describe has to be very clear because my my argument is. If you were once a sinner, 
Mm. and Jesus saved you, you're now a new creation, you're blood-bought, you're justified, but you're still a sinner, how are you a new creation? Or what does it mean to be a new creation if you're still a sinner? I think it means to be in Christ. Yes, and to be in Christ is the defining factor. You can't be, if you're in Christ, how God how God looks at you, how the world looks at you is different because you're just, yes, you're in the same body, but you're, your internal wiring has now changed. You are now a new p- person. That's why Jesus says in John 4, unless a man be born again, he cannot, or a woman be born again, they cannot enter the kingdom of God. So unless you are in him and you become this new, and what does it mean? In the, in the, in the Hebrew, to be born again means two things. It means to be born up from above, which means from a heavenly realm, or to be born of God. If you are now born of God, you were once a sinner, you're now born of God and still a sinner. You're, mm. Are we implying, are we implying, because I'm, I'm not going to say, for, I don't want to speak on your behalf, but are we implying that God regenerates you, which basically ma- means makes you something new, gives mm. you new birth, gives you, gives you new life, and you're still a sinner? No, mm. I'm suggesting, I'm, or what I'm saying is that, yes, as human beings, we are still subject to, the elements of the world, we're still subject to getting ill, we're still subject to temptations. However, however, we now have the power to overcome because of because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. That's basically mm. what I'm saying. And I just agree a, with that. Oh. Sorry, um, go on, Gabs. Um, just a quick one, just to add to what you were saying earlier about being a son. Um, the book in the book of Galatians 4 5, NIV version says, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Mm-hmm. And, and I know sonship is something that you've you you you've spoken about quite often of recent, E-Man, in like some of your your sermons within your church as well. Mm-hmm. And I think this is it's definitely one that kind of jumps out to me and it makes me think if we are, if we have been adopted to sonship, can we still be seen as sinners if we are, if we've been adopted as, as sons of God? Mm-hmm. And if we are obviously children of God who we know is without sin, mm-hmm. How how then can we ourselves still still carry that that sin if we are children of God? Yeah, that's I think that's my I think that's my main um, that's my main disposition. That's my main stance. That how can we? I get it. I, I for some I think for the reason why because you know I've had I've engaged with quite a few people in the past on why they call themselves with I'm still a sinner saved by grace, and I feel like you were a sinner but when you're saved by grace you now become a son like it, there's a big there's a big difference between sinner and son and i think we need to describe what a sinner is because for me when we're describing sinner someone that means someone who is that that lives a life of sin someone who's committed to a life of sin someone who's under the bondage of the enemy mm. who's under who's subject to the ways of the world and this that's, is what i want to ask yeah okay cool because it's are you using, if that's the definition that you're going by, then fine. I, I hear that argument and I agree, of course, once we are born again, we are new creations, we're all sons and daughters of mm-hmm. Christ. So I understand that. But by the very fact that we will still continue to sin, even in Christ, mm. and this sure, is why I'm was... saying, okay, like, we are, we, we are still sinners. If that's the definition you're using, fine, we're not sinners, but we mm. will still continue to sin. And that's why several times, Paul and different people, they they say, think whatever is Christ-like, that's what you need to think on. Why why is he saying that? Because he knows if you start thinking of things that are not Christ-like, you're going you're gonna to be done out here. Peter, 
Peter that walks and talks with Jesus after Jesus died, he still went on to deny Jesus three times. He saw him. It's not like us where we're like, we're, we're operating by faith, believing and not seeing. Peter walked and talked with Jesus. Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times after I've died. He said, no, God, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. No, Jesus, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. He still denied Jesus three times. What's that? Is that not sin? Yeah, definitely. Go through, go through, Gabs. Go through. That was, that was definitely once something I wanted to raise a little later as well. Like the fact that um, we are still sinning as well. That was definitely one of the questions I had. But just to quickly uh, mention, obviously, Iman, you mentioned that people say where sin is saved by grace. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed, obviously, in scripture, yeah, in that scripture, Ephesians 2, 8, where it says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith mm-hmm. and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It doesn't actually say we are sinners saved by grace. Yeah. So this thing of sinners saved by grace, like where did it come from? Is it something that we've been taught in church? Mm. Because I'm yet to come across it in scripture. If it is, please let me know. But where did this sin is saved by grace? Because obviously from scripture that I've come across, it simply just says you've been saved by grace. It doesn't say sin is saved by grace. Yeah, that's I, 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 me. I, I completely, I'm asking the same question as well, but I think more, it's more so describing what they once were or, I th- or some people describe it as what they once were um, and some people use it as a terminology to describe how bad they were and then the goodness of God by virtue of his grace is what saved them. So I can understand where people use that. And some, I think, try and use that as a you know, form of humility um, that, you know, there's, there's nothing good in us as human beings. But it's by God's goodness through his grace that, you know, we are who we are today. I get that. But I think when we come into the new covenant reality or when we come into yeah, the, the, the covenant of what Jesus Christ has, or the reality of what Jesus Christ has done through the new covenant, our mindset has to shift. I get also, you know, going, touching on what um, Ora was saying, you know, we still continue this to sin. The mindset is not, I, I, I don't personally believe that it's a consistent New Testament mindset in a sense that we continue to sin, therefore we just rely on the grace of God. no. The thing about the new covenant is that everything that we are is because of him. So the Bible says, for example, that our righteousness is as filthy rags. But I'm not coming to tell anybody that I'm righteous. I'm coming to I, I'm not coming to tell I'm righteous of my own virtue, of my own strength, of my own wisdom, of my own intellect. The Bible says in Hebrews that we have now become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means my perspective ought to change. Yes, like that, and that's why I highlighted before. Yes, as human beings, we are still susceptible to be tempted, but sin mm. is still a choice. Sin is not something we stumble into. Sin is something that we still there's a, still a, a sit. There's a God consciousness and there's a sin consciousness. When we yield to the things of the spirit, we are. And then I know some people might say, "So does that mean we can ever be perfect?" The point of the point of our Christian walk is so that we can grow in a stature um, and a measure of Christ. So that means we grow mm. in maturity. And when the Bible describes perfection in the New Testament, it refers to maturity mm. and not being a spotless lamb, because because um, we we know that the only perfect individual that will ever be in terms of morality in terms of cleanliness in terms of everything was jesus christ but because he's in us 
the, our, our God's view of us now changes. And so we have to align not with our old reality that, well, I was a sinner and I'm still, you know, I'm still likely to sin. What we should rather say is by the grace of God, by, I, by the grace of God, I will walk in obedience and not fulfill the works of the flesh. And that's only by grace. I'm not saying this is because of my own strength. I'm not saying this is because of my own ability. I'm, I can only believe in this reality because of what Jesus Christ has done. There's a, something that Paul says in Romans 6, I think, where he says, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? Yeah. Like, yeah. do you understand? We can't, if, that, if we have that mentality that, well, we're going to continue to sin anyway, there's a difference because some people might read, oh, so what are you saying? Are you saying that we're going to be perf perfect, you know, and we're never going to do, we're never going to touch anything wrong. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, shall we continue in sin? Shall we, can, should we continuously make the decision to yield to our old ways? Should we continually make decision, the decision to go, well, when I'm tempted and that girl comes my way, I'm, you know, I, I won't be able to have self-control or, you know, when I feel like swearing or when I feel like watching porn again, you know, I just don't think I can do it. When we do that, it, we're, we're looking at our own strength rather than going, look, Jesus has done a finished work and I have to rely that in my obedience to him that I can walk above this. Jesus, do you know how interesting this Christian walk is? Jesus calls us overcomers, yet we didn't do anything. We didn't, we didn't die on any cross. We were not perfect in any way, shape or form. But gee, the Bible says you are more than conquerors. But it's Jesus that conquered sin for us. But what Paul is saying is that we have to walk in the reality he's made for us. We have to believe that reality for us. So I don't want people to get what I'm saying like minced up because it's easy, especially with semantics and use of words and stuff like that. I 100% believe in this world, we will be tempted. We will. But it is a choice whether we continue, continue to walk in sin after we are saved or not. And if there's enough scriptures to suggest that if we, as, as if we receive Christ, if we believe in him and we continue to walk in sin, then we see enough scriptures in the New Testament to challenge whether we are actually saved or whether we're actually believers of Jesus Christ. And I think that that's what kind of leads me to my question. Um, and it's similar to what Oro was saying earlier, is there's obviously some of us Christians that might live in sin or might sin habitually. Yeah. Um, so then what is what would that individual stance now become? Um, so for example, um a Christian who is continuously getting drunk, right. or a, a Christian who is continuously lying, or a Christian who's continuously stealing, or or just es essentially a Christian who is constantly sinning, sinning habitually, what would that individual's um, stance be? Would it be fair to say that they are still sinners? Would it be fair to suggest that they are not actually saved? Would it be fair to suggest that they're not Christians, like what would what would the stance be for that particular individual? Because exactly. obviously they're sinning habitually, mm -hmm. but at the same time they're declaring that you know Jesus Christ is Lord and that they are saved through um, they are saved by grace through faith. Mm -hmm. Go for go for it, Ora. Speak. I think well, I think to be fair, that's where um, the scripture that Iman mentioned earlier would come into play, where where it um, says you 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 have to question whether or not you're really saved in the first place. But mm -hmm. if I can just like throw in another scripture and then I'll pivot back to the question that you originally asked, um, Gabs. If we mm -hmm. look at 1 John 1.10, it says, if we claim we have not sinned, 
we make mm-hmm. out to, we make out we make him out to be a liar and his word mm-hmm. is not in us yeah. which i think is one of the verses why one of the reasons why people will say we are all sinners because like it says here if you say you're not you have not sinned we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us and then it continues it's like my dear children i write this to you so that you will not sin but if anybody <laughs> does sin i, I get, which goes back to what you man i can see both sides yeah. Um, he says, my, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, so the fact that it says we will not sin suggests mm-hmm. that you have a choice. You either sin mm-hmm. or you don't is a choice. Yeah. And yeah. what Iman was saying. But if mm-hmm. anybody does sin, mm-hmm. for those who are continuously sinning, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So I would say mm-hmm. to the person who's cons- consistently sinning, first of all, there is always forgiveness and there isn't a limit on the number of times that you can come and ask for forgiveness but it is a choice and at some point you're gonna have to be like if you're focusing on the right things that like imam was saying there's gonna be a level where you're gonna be like this isn't of god like the bible says whatever is good whatever is right just continue to think on those things and as you do that you will become more like christ mm-hmm. yeah i think i i love i love you bringing up one john because one john one john doesn't contradict itself what what the apostle john is doing is taking us on a journey because personally, this how I've how I've studied this, not not down to personal interpretation, but how I've studied it over time and understood this is that the apostle John is taking people on a journey. And I believe that the first part of it, if we say we have no sin, refers to if we as unbelievers feel like we have no sin, or pre-Christ, we feel like we're good enough and we don't have sin then we are flawed. We're very wrong. Then well, it goes on. Huh? Who is he writing to? Because before you can say that, we have to clarify. And I don't know. I mean, I, yes. would, have to, I would have to look this up. But if yeah. that, that argument only works if he's writing to people who are already Christians. No, no, not necessarily. It starts, it starts with non-believers, but it doesn't end with non-believers. Okay, well, let's read it. We can read. Can we read? Yeah. yeah okay. Where are we reading from? First John 1 verse 8. 1 John 1 verse 8. Well, we can read from 7. Um, okay, 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 okay. Actually, let's read a bit more before so people can get context from verse 5. I'm reading in Amplified. This is the message of God's promised revelation, which we have heard from him now and now announced to you that God is light. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness. And in him, there is no darkness at all. No sin, no wickedness, no imperfection. If we say that we have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness of sin, we lie and we don't practice the truth. So here we can see um, Ore. That in this context, look, he's saying if that if we say if we claim to walk with him, if we say that we have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness of sin, we lie and we don't practice yeah, the truth. Agreed, agreed. Right? Okay. And then it says in verse seven, but if we really walk in the light, that is, live each and every day in conformity with the precepts of God, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another he is with us and we with him and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sin by erasing the stain of sin keeping us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations verse 8 if we say we have no sin refusing to admit that we are sinners we delude ourselves and the truth that is not in us 
His word does not live in our hearts. If we freely admit we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and true to his own nature and promises and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, um, everything not in conformity with his will. If we say that we have not sinned, refusing to admit the act of sin, we make him out to be a liar, contradicting him and his word. 2 verse 1. My little children, believers, dear ones, I am writing these things to you so that you will not sin and violate God's law. And if anyone sins, we do have an advocate who will intercede for us, the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, the upright, the just one who conforms to the father's will in every way purpose thought and action and he the same that same jesus is the uh, propitiation i always get this word (laughs) wrong for our sins the atoning sacrifice that holds back the wrath of god that would otherwise be directed at us because of our sinful nature our sinful nature our worldliness our lifestyle and not for us alone but also for the sins of all believers throughout the whole world now we can go on and go on but you see in chapter 2 verse 1 he makes it very plain and clear my little children amplified specifies more believers and dear ones in the first part it's is i believe paul um sorry paul not not paul the apostle john is introducing people into this thing called God, his love, his redemption, his justification, and highlights, if you think that you've got no sin, you're lying. You're lying Mm. to yourself. You're deceiving yourself. So he's taking us on a journey. Then in chapter two, he makes it more specific. My little children, believers, dear ones, I'm now addressing you that sin, this thing of habitually walking in sin, needs to be challenged. That you will not sin. I'm writing to you so that you will not sin and violate God's law. However, and if anyone sins, we do have an advocate. So, uh, paradventure, you do end up sinning because sometimes it can be a mistake. Yes, it can be a mistake. Genuinely, it can be a mistake. But then either way, and sometimes, yes, and not even sometimes, but yes, even if you don't, if you do do it on purpose, God is still graceful that he can still cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He can still forgive you. That's why the Bible says, if any man, um, no, it's not, um, for now, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So yes, though you may have messed up, whether mistakenly or on purpose, not habitually per se, don't get me wrong, because there's a difference. Doing it on purpose and doing something on purpose habitually are two different things. Mm. Just to add a scripture there as well. Go through. Um, Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness, the forgiveness of sins mm-hmm. in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So just alluding to obviously what, what you're saying, bro, is that, yeah, we we, we might be um, sinning, but Christ in himself has forgiven us for that sin. So mm-hmm. we shouldn't really look down upon ourselves as though we, we are sinners, but we should really appreciate and know that Christ has forgiven us for obviously what he done however many years ago yes that's so that is it 100 percent. because if we focus if we make sin the focus of our christian walk we will find that we will not be able to walk in freedom because sin now becomes the issue if we remind ourselves that jesus was the perfect one and the perfect one lives in us and the perfect one jesus is we have to realize jesus the high priest is interceding for us jesus jesus is is living within us but he's interceding for us going you can do it 
you can live by the spirit. You are a son of God, just like I am the son of God. You can do this. And so when we focus on the finished reality of what Jesus has done and not focus on the things that are easily besetting us, like it says in Hebrews, let us run the race that has been set before us, not focusing on, you know, the addictions of the past or things that want to easily ensnare us. But the Bible says, looking unto Jesus. So Jesus is the, the Bible says, the author and the finisher of your faith. That means from the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ to the last day when, when Jesus comes and takes you home, Jesus is the one that will be able to sustain you but you have to always look to him. If you look to yourself, you're going to fall. That's why I find a lot of people come to me. Oh, Apostle Iman, oh, um, you know, um, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. You know, I'm just so bad. I'm just so this. And I'm like, wait, okay, cool. What does Jesus say about this? What does Jesus say about you? And that's where the issue comes because people don't remind themselves about what Jesus says about them or what Jesus has done. So now because of what Jesus has, because of what Jesus has done, Jesus now declares certain things over you. So the Bible says we're forgiven. Ephesians says that. It says we're justified. It says we've been redeemed. It says that we are now sons of God. It says in Ephesians that we are heirs of God, fellow heirs with Jesus Christ. So all these things have been written about you, but you decide in yourself, I'm going to focus on sin. When you mm. choose to do that, then pornography will be the issue. When you choose to do that, then drugs will continue to be the issue. When you continue to do that, gossiping will still be the issue. And I find this interesting because if we go to, am I allowed to quickly read a scripture? Yeah, go on. So if we go to Galatians 5, yeah, if we go to Galatians 5, one of the biggest scriptures that we love to use, yeah, it says this in, in verse 16, it says, but I say to you, walk habitually. So you see this word that you were using, bro? It says it here. It says, walk habitually in the Holy What's that? Gal uh, Galatians, Galatians 5, 5 what? 16. Galatians 5, verse 16. I'm reading an Amplified. Yeah, that's cool. Says, Just for the listeners, isn't it? So that they okay. can keep up. Yeah. Us. Galatians 5, verse 16. But I say to you, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. Listen, so that's why, when remember when I was saying earlier, it's about making a choice? Look, mm. it didn't say just seek him. It says be responsive to his guidance. Because there's because we can be Christians. Holy Spirit will be speaking to us, but we're not responsive. We're doing our own thing. We want to do it in mm. our own mm. strength. Or we just... Holy Spirit is speaking, but we don't want to listen on purpose because we know or someone did wrong to you. Holy Spirit is saying, forgive that person or attack this issue in a different way that you that you might not like. But you're like, no, nah, you know what? I want to do it my own way. That's not being that's what we call not being responsive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Then it says, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. 17, for the sinful nature has its desire, which is opposed to the spirit. And the desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the spirit are in direct opposition. Now I'll skip on to verse 19. Listen to this. Now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, which is total irresponsibility and lack of self-control. Verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions that promote heresies. 21, envy, drunkenness, 
uh, riotous behavior and other things. These I warn you beforehand that as I did as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it's clear, bro. It's clear. Like people, like you ask the question. So if someone is habitually walking in it, it's clear. I'm, you, people will get angry at us or people might get angry at me and say, well, but this person, listen, if you continually do it, continually disregarding the prompting, because people forget the Holy Spirit is gentle and the Holy Spirit will continue to, to work and say, look, this is not right. Listen. Yeah. these are not the things of God the Holy Spirit will do it for time I'm not going to say a particular time limit but the Holy Spirit because remember the Bible says God is patient he's long suffering in nature so that means his spirit is going to do the same so Holy Spirit will be prompting you prompting you prompting you for time but if you habitually do it and you consistently don't want to listen to the voice of God Paul the apostle says listen you people are not going to inherit the kingdom of God so mm. therefore, he's offered you another solution. Walk habitually in the spirit. And this spirit, the Bible says in Romans, is the spirit that seals us and gives us a mark of sonship. Another verse says that this is the spirit whereby we can cry out, Abba, Father. This is the same spirit Paul is saying, if you walk in union with this spirit, which is the Holy Spirit of God, then you will not gratify the things of the flesh. You will not walk in um, drunkenness and immorality and irresponsibility and idolatry and strife and jealousy and anger and all those things. If you walk in the spirit, you won't. And then that's why he then goes on to talk about what, what you will reflect if you are walking in union with God. Mm. I love this topic, man. It's good. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Just to add as well, um, Romans six eighteen. It says, uh, "What version I read? I read NIV. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness." And obviously, the AMP version then goes on to explain what righteousness is, and it says, "Of conformity to God's will and purpose." Mm -hmm. So, essentially, just saying that, yeah, even though that we do sin, and even though we might fall fall short of 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 his glory we've been set free from it and and therefore become slaves to righteousness so we we are now uh, uh in a in a place where we do have a right standing with god so therefore shouldn't really see ourselves as being sinners and we shouldn't dwell on on the sin that we've committed and yeah. we shouldn't hold on to to the sin that we've committed and i know it's it's easier said than done mm -hmm. sometimes you might do wrong and we might be sunken in our sinking in our sin rather mm. we might be dwelling on our on our on unrighteous deeds so to speak but that, that scripture is just there to obviously tell us that we we've been saved from it and we've yeah. been set free from it and now stand in a new place yep yeah. uh, just to add as well it... oh it's gone Grabs. no no go on i was finished oh just to add as well um and i think Iman, you've just really hit the nail on the head it really is about fellowship because if we go back to 1 john 1 6 where he says mm -hmm. if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet yep. walk in the darkness we mm -hmm. lie and do not live out the truth That's which good. suggests that the key to continuing to be set free from sin and and to walk in free and to to walk freely is mm -hmm. fellowship with God. That's good. That's good. That's it. Mm. That's literally it. And so I think, especially for as believers today, I think one, it's people's perception of the nature of God and how God views them. And both of you, in what you've said, have just alluded to that. Gabs, in in that we have to now we once had fallen short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Now we are now the righteousness of God. 
what is righteousness. So it's God's standard of doing good. And it's now, we are now that. So everything, because, and this is not because of ourselves, but because of, because of Jesus in us, what we now do, God calls righteous. That is mm. a hard reality. And it's not mm. because of us. It is not because of our works. It's not because of how much you pray. It's not because of how much you fasted. It's not because of how much you gave to your church. It's because what Jesus has done yeah, on the cross absolutely. for you. And now God, positionally, we sit at God's table. So when you yeah. sin, God doesn't cast you out from heaven. And then when you repent, he says, come back and Bring sit at the back. table. No, you now, because you believe in Jesus Christ, God says, you sit at my table and I will teach you how to become more like Christ. I will teach you by doing what? By giving you my spirit. And that's why Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will teach us the, the deep things of God. It's, it says, Holy Spirit will teach you and guide you in all truth. And teach and makes the deep things of God makes and makes it known to you. So there's nothing that God wants to withhold from you, but it depends on your union or how how um it depends on how seriously you take your union with Him, which is what Ore was alluding to. So now it's now not oh oh well um I, um is it uh, I've I've sinned twice today. Is how is God going to punish me? How many times do I need to repent? Do I need to look? We are, we have to, we have to make, and also let me even just throw this in. Repentance is not primarily you saying sorry. Repentance in the new, in the new covenant or in the new Testament, the Bible um, describes as a Greek word called metanoia. And metanoia is a transformation of the mind. So it's a turning in the mind. That's what true repentance is. So if you're truly sorry, you will change. And that change comes by receiving grace from God to go, I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to think like that anymore. I don't need to act like that anymore because of what Jesus Christ has done. That's what true repentance is. If a man mm. is beating his wife, if a man is beating his wife and he says that he's repented, repentance comes in the change. <laughs> repentance mm. is the change. Mm. Not the, oh yeah, I, I said sorry to God and that's it. Mm. No, because you can say sorry to God and still beat the heck out of your wife. <laughs> you, get what I'm saying? you can beat the heck out of your wife and claim that you repent true repentance is turning from the things that displease god and turning to the things that are good and you can't do it in your own strength but thank god for jesus because he gives you the grace that's why the bible says one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control when people say oh i can't stop masturbating why would why would why does Paul describe that one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control, but you're telling me that you can't stop doing it? Look, it is possible, but you have to do it how? By your union with the Holy oh, yeah. Spirit. When some when, people are relying on their own strength. Do you get? Do you get? And when you go, look, you just have to go, look, Holy Spirit, like it your intimacy with the Holy Spirit would determine your day-to-day -day actions. Like, okay, if 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 someone is addicted to porn. But your union with the Holy Spirit is growing each and every day. Your view will not be, oh, I can't do it. Your view will be, Holy Spirit is, is in me, watching what I'm doing. Is the Holy Spirit comfortable with what I'm doing? No. God is living on the inside of me. Is God comfortable with what I'm doing? No. Therefore, I'm not going to do it because I know it displeases the Father. That's what true repentance is. I want to do it. My flesh wants to do it, but I can't because I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. The enemy wants me to do it, but thank God that my father in heaven cheers me on and says that I'm an overcomer. So yes, you can overcome. For the person on this, 
on, on that is listening to this podcast going, I, I don't know if I can do it. I've come to say that your father in heaven, that your Lord and your savior, that the spirit of the living God, they're all cheering you on going, you're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. It is possible. You can do it. You don't, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to yield into the things of the flesh. You can live by the spirit and live a life that is pleasing to God. And mm-hmm. I'll add this scripture in there. Yeah. It's um, Titus. Titus verse Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 12 says this it says for the grace of God has appeared the, uh, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people it teaches us to say no to ungodliness that gift of salvation that God has given you it teaches you to say no to ungodliness and worldly mm. passions and to live a self-controlled life upright and godly lives in this present age so so sorry some people think ah you know um you know we we will only get better when we get to heaven no the grace of god has been made available so you can now live a regenerated life now and that life that is given you gives you the ability and the capacity and the boldness to say no to ungodliness no to the ways of the world and maybe for the person that's listening going oh you're saying it like it's easy i'm not i'm not coming to you to tell you that it's easy i'm coming to tell you that it's a matter of choice and it is possible Mm -hmm. if you yield yourself to be obedient to the things of the spirit you can live out what the scripture is saying you will be able to say yeah go for it the bible says the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak and i know that scripture will be coming to people's minds people who are listening to this and i honestly i Mm -hmm. really pray people are set free because um, what you're doing right now, I, I, what we're speaking about right now, I believe is going to set a lot of people free. But yeah, saying yeah. that, the Bible still says, though the spirit is willing, the flesh mm-hmm. is weak. And I think yeah. when people are at a place where you're struggling with a particular sin and you're continually doing it, that's mm. the scripture that always comes to mind. The mm-hmm. flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you know what? I, I definitely, I definitely hear that, and I definitely do agree. Uh, I, I do feel not. This is not you, but I do feel like some people almost use that scripture (laughs) to comfort their sin i I feel like it's easy for us to continue plunging and it's just like (laughs) oh yeah my flesh is weak like my flesh is weak yeah i i definitely feel like it's it's a scripture that we can often use just to comfort us and make us feel a little bit better um make us still feel a little bit happier within our sin yeah and it's an easy way to keep a smile on our faces and and make us feel normal Mm -hmm. Um, obviously that's not for everybody in yeah. some cases that actually is the truth mm-hmm. um our flesh is weak mm-hmm. but as long as we're not using it as a crutch mm-hmm. um to almost satisfy satisfy our flesh so yeah. to speak yeah i was going to say in the thing of repentance as well repentance is also an action i think mm-hmm. as well as like understanding spiritually and emotionally where one is at but also putting certain measures in place from a practical perspective yeah, that's good. In, in, in order to turn one's life around and in order to to make a change that one might conform to the Holy Spirit. Because mm-hmm. um, I think one thing we as Christians, we, we tend to have all the knowledge in the world and we tend to know what the Bible says, but sometimes it, it can be difficult to apply the word and actually make it practical within our everyday living. And I think it's essential that not only do we, do we confess and do we speak things out, mm-hmm. Um, but we also need to put measures in place so that we can change our life around and we can 
allow the Holy Spirit to actually do the work within us. Amen. 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 I agree. Just to quickly touch on what Ara was saying. So using that scripture, um, you know, um, the flesh is... <laughs> The spirit, the spirit is willing, but contextually, contextually speaking, yeah, I don't want to do too much con context, 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 even though context is key. But obviously, um, obviously, Jesus was talking to you know the disciples when he asked when he asked them to pray for him and stuff like that, and you know they were sleeping off at his time of need. But this scripture is though this scripture that that scripture was said well, that was said in that context. It's definitely relevant in, you know, other areas of our life that, you know, the spirit is willing to do the things of God, but the flesh is weak. And so we can use, you know, scriptures like if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the, the lust of the flesh. So we do know that the Bible can back up that thought. But the thing is this, I remember um, in, in Corinthians where Paul was describing his situations and his hardships. And then he goes on to say that, look, God says to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. That's God speaking to Paul. And so we have to remember this. Remember the word grace, we're saved by grace. What is grace? Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve deserve so god gives you the power he gives you the strength he gives you the ability the the th even the things even the the material things like and this is i'm not talking about prosperity gospel per se but i'm saying even the things that in life that we have it's by grace the job that you have is by grace the wife or the husband that you have is by grace the the the, the uni that you're in is by grace because other people don't have that opportunity however god says my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That means mm -hmm. you being weak in a particular area is good. Why? So that God can give you the grace to do what you need to do. This is why I was saying. Uh, this is why I was saying earlier. It is not about your strength. It's about accepting that I I can't do anything without God. I can't do much without God, and that's why we're saved by grace. Because everything that I'm not able to do, which is a lot he's able mm. to do and so his grace is sufficient for you everything he gives to you that you don't deserve is sufficient for you Amen. so what you're struggling with god gives you the god doesn't want to see you struggle with porn all your life god doesn't want to see you struggle with anger all your life god doesn't want to see you struggle with depression all your life but in these weaknesses his strength is made perfect. And so you just have to be able to say, God, it's your grace, it's your strength that I need in this moment to overcome and to push through these things that are trying to hold me back or these, these sins or these things that are trying to easily beset me. I, I really need your grace because I can't do it. I, I've tried to do it in my own strength. I've, I've tried to do the, the positive affirmations for the day and it's not working. I need your strength. I've, I've, tried to, I've, I've tried to cut that X out of my life, but it's difficult because I still have some sort of emotional tie to that person. I need your strength. Lord, I'm, I'm finding it hard to forgive my dad for walking away from us. But you know what? I, I'm weak in this moment, but I need your strength. Give me the strength that I need to push through, to forgive, to be able to, 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 to live a life that's worthy of the call. And so when we adopt that mindset, then it's, it now becomes easier for us to preach this gospel that we, we, we love boasting about. 
Because it's all about grace. Do you understand? When yeah. when you share this to people that, look, it is by grace. I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm telling you this grace that was made available to me is is is, is being offered to you in this moment. So the things, that the, the, the damages of the past, the things that the enemy has tried to lord over you, Christ has come to set you free from that. He's come to set you free from the fact that you were once an alien from God. You were once an enemy of God, which the Bible says in Romans. And and you can now become this son. You can now become a saint. You can now become someone who God is well pleased in, just like he said to Jesus. But it's all by grace. And I think that's where the beauty of the message comes. Because when, I, when I'm, I'm now re realizing, especially through Twitter, through social media, that there's so many broken people yeah. on on, on the net Facts. with so many broken Facts. people and I'm not trying to come as one who's got it all together because I've come to the understanding everything I am everything I have is by the grace of God my wife is by the grace of God my daughter is by the grace of God That's city right. worship London that we're pastoring is by the grace of God the the, the the things that I do to make money it's by the grace of God I, I don't have I don't have anything to boast that's why Paul Paul's like look we can't boast about anything I can't boast about anything. So when I come to you on that level, you can understand that, look, I'm not trying to come on this, yeah, I'm better than you thing, but know that what I have, I gladly want to share it with you. This Jesus I have, that's living on the inside of me, he wants to live on the inside of you as well. Mm -hmm. That's good. Amen. That's definitely good. Um, there's one scripture I want to mention that pretty much turned around uh, my knowledge for me. So in growing up, I used to always believe that we are sinners. Um, but then within my, my study of recent is Romans 5, 8. Um, and I'll read NIV and it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us mm, in this. Yeah. While we were still sinners, yeah. Christ died for us. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And that's you know, good. The, and, and like the more I read it, I thought, whoa. Like, and then uh, when I read while we were still sinners, mm. it's like God began oh, to man. speak about the word were and then i think that's when mm -hmm. it really began to click mm -hmm. and i started to think well if god is saying he demonstrated his love for us which i get mm -hmm. and he's saying while we were still sinners mm -hmm. it, it then makes me believe that christ had done his job after he identified that the world was full of sin mm -hmm. and that people are living in sin mm -hmm. um but that word were kind of tells me that we're no longer yeah. in that place mm -hmm. where we should be seeing ourselves as sinners that's good like and then that. obviously you, you kind of read it with with all the other scriptures that we mentioned earlier and we we now kind of see ourselves that we're in the family of righteousness mm, um because good. we're no longer we're no longer sinners anymore mm, that's good. And I think I from that. just from just from understanding that scripture that's where my mind like kind of began to to change and I kind of began to to see myself and see Christians as different but yeah. mm -hmm. like you were saying earlier it all comes down to what we're confessing and mm -hmm. If, if we're not having the understanding that we are saved by grace through faith, then really we are still in that same place where we where we are sinners. And I think that's obviously important and, and really having having an understanding what repentance really is. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's really good. I love what you, I love what you said. I think it, it I do. I just want to say this. I know because sometimes this, you know, the, um, are we sons or are we sinners or can we be both um, comes up on the timeline from time to time. And. As my stance is this, as long as you accept that you're a son, I, I, I don't really have to engage much. But I just want you to understand that we look through, as Christians, we look through the lens of our sonship and not from the lens of being a sinner. 
because Christ has mm. update, uh, upgraded our identity, especially, remember, like, even 2 Corinthians 5, 7, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. We still, still, we still live in the same body. <laughs> we still live in the same body, but we are new individuals. Our spirit man has been regenerated. We're now alive to the things of God because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. So that's why I'm so fixated on being a son rather than, you know, worrying about am I a sinner or not. So I don't think this is, it's just a discussion for those listening. Like, don't get caught up in the semantics of it. The point is that we are sons. The point is that we are heir, sons and daughters. For those who think I'm being sexist, there's no, anyway, whatever. But yeah, just, just on just on that note. Anyway, just to add, Galatians four seven says, "So you are no longer a slave, but God's child." They don't say son. They don't say daughter. It says, "But God's child." And child. since you are His child, God has also made you. God, since you are His child, God has made you also an heir. I don't even mm-hmm. know how to pronounce an that. So yeah, you don't say the hate. It's just an air. So, so this obviously goes to show that we do have an inheritance in Christ. I mean, yeah. God wouldn't give us his inheritance. So strong, you know, sorry. Sorry, man. You say? No, you made me laugh, man. You said that with such, such vim. You're like, and here, and here. I said that with vim. No, no, what you're saying is, is serious. It's just what, how you said it is funny, man. No, but you're, you're, it's real spit. But yeah, it's just, but once again, let's, we, we shouldn't get caught up in the semantics because, for example, John... 3 or John 4 says behold what manner of love the father has bestowed unto us that we should be called the sons of God so whether you say son daughter child we're children of God ultimately a child you know was a child still refers to a son or daughter so we are children of God we are in a family of God we're heirs of the father we're co-heirs with Christ which do you know that how powerful what Paul wrote is in Ephesians I can't remember I think Ephesians 2 or 3 it says we're maybe Colossians, it says we're fellow heirs with Christ. That means the same inheritance that is allocated. People might say this is a heresy, but it's in the scripture. In I'll find it before the end of the thing. It says we are co-heirs with Christ. That means the inheritance that the father has, we and Jesus Christ have an equal inheritance with, with um. We have an equal inheritance. So we and Jesus Christ, we have an equal level of inheritance with the Father. Ultimately, wherever the Father, the Father, uh, my God shall supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. That means everything the Father has, that inheritance, he gives unto us as his children. So whether that is, you know, whether that's spiritual, like Ephesians 1 says, he's given us all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, or whether it's material, whether it's a, you know, a job or, you know, whether it's just good friends or whether it's, you know, um, uh, a a good job or whatever it could, whatever it is, God has an inheritance for all of us. And it's, it's the same inheritance available to G that was made available to Jesus has been made available to us because of, do you know how powerful that is? Because of what Jesus did, because of what Jesus did, he now says, yeah, the inheritance that I, I give to Jesus, I also give to you. And so when we, when we go to him in glory, though, we're going to worship him and give thanks to him. God is still going to give us crowns. He's going to give us, he's going to give us so much enjoyment. Like when we get to heaven, that's going to be the best of what, of what we're going to enjoy. Even though we can enjoy now, the best of it is when we get to heaven. But that's because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. 
I love these conversations, man. I get so excited. I yeah, love nice. I love the topic of sunship. <laughs> I love the topic of sunship. I get I get gassed about it, man. This has been good. Though. Yeah, you do love it to be fair. I think we can close there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I know we've mentioned quite a few scriptures to be fair, but Ema, have you got one just one scripture just to wrap it all up? One second, let me find it. Whilst he's looking for it, last words, Ore. Talk to us. Talk to the people, man. I think honestly, I really hope that this discussion will set a lot of people free, especially those who are constantly struggling with the same sin. I think even I came to the discussion ready to defend the fact that we are sinners, but I have humbly listened <laughs> because Iman was really preaching today. He was literally, this was like a sermon. I really listened to what he said. I think, <laughs> no, the thing is, all the scriptures, I knew them and I know, and I've, I've, I've heard that point of view before, but I've still been like, nah, man, we're, all, we're born into sin. Adam... Adam was a sinner. We're born into. I've very much been very hard on that. So mm. I'm hoping that a lot of people will equally be set free the way I've been set free today. <laughs> oh, wow, man, it's been it's been great conversation. Let me. Sorry, give me one sec. But the scripture that I was alluding to before it wasn't even in Ephesians, by the way. It was in Romans, Romans eight seventeen. Um, okay, let uh, let me just use this as as the, as the final scripture. And in Romans chapter eight, verse 17, and it says, if we are, and if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance. If indeed we share in his suffering so that we may share in his glory. And so, yeah, like we have now become heirs of God, which means that it doesn't mean that God is, is, is going to die. But it just means that God's inheritance, the Father's inheritance, has been made available to us because of what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did. And so I just want to encourage us that, yes, we are children of God and you are a new creation. You have a new reality. That means you have a new outlook on life and your outlook should be God's outlook on, on or perspective on you. And that's why, you know, the Bible says, set your mind on things above. The things from above are the perspectives, the mindsets, the cultures, the attitudes, the behavior that comes from God. And so as we continue to walk in union with the Holy Spirit, you will be one that grows in maturity. And so for those who feel like, you know, I'm bad, I'm, I, feel, I feel bad, I'm a sinner, I'm a whatever, I continually do wrong. Let me tell you today, grace is available to you today. If you go to God in your weakness and say, God, I'm, I'm coming to you because I've tried in my own strength, but I've come to receive from your strength today. I need your strength. Help me, secure me, strengthen me, build me up, mature me. God is mm. able to do all of those things. Just be humble. Don't run away from God. Grace is available to you today. You are a child of God. Amen. That was sick. I proper appreciate it and I respect this little Bible study, you know. In no. our real life, this is this yeah, is the well, most theological. Um, <laughs> this is the most theological ep episode we've ever done. Like this is this Trust is oh man, nah man. I'm 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 Trust so happy about me. this episode. You know, I'm so for me, in my opinion, we've had great episodes, but I feel for me why I feel this. I would say is is the best episode yet because I feel like there's gonna be a massive ripple. Yeah. you know effects of those based um for those who are going to listen to this i feel like there's going to be loads of people who listen to this and there will be oh. a, a massive transformation yeah. and for some there might be rededication to god like they've walked away and and this might be the callback and for some it might be their invitation into christianity but 
this and uh, this is the best episode for me, man. So I enjoyed having this conversation with you guys, man. This was really good. Yeah, I, def- I definitely enjoyed it. If anybody listened to the end, please let us know. Yeah. For those that listened all the way to the end, let us know. Mm-hmm. Please. And share your testimony if you have one that comes out of this episode, man. Would love to mm-hmm. hear it. I will. Yeah. yeah, please. Yeah, honestly, please. There were definitely a lot of a lot of gems mentioned within this episode. A lot of scriptures to take in as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of scriptures to take in. Yeah. So it's one of them ones that I might have to, that people might have to listen back to a couple of times in order to really catch all of the scriptures and all of the revelations. But mm-hmm. it was definitely a good one. I definitely prepared for this. But like, I definitely <laughs> prepared like scriptures. Definitely read um in in preparation for this conversation so it was definitely one of the one of the serious ones which i definitely do appreciate mm-hmm. I, I definitely do take in both what you both have been saying which which is good man because i think this is what it's all about man mm-hmm. um sometimes having these deep discussions in order to really educate educate ourselves more importantly mm-hmm. but also educate the listeners man yep 100 percent, 100 percent. i agree man and if and you and actually, note, actually, oh, I just want to say that, you know, if if you're one of those people that, you know, maybe you have questions or maybe you're just in a place in your walk that you really need help, feel free to DM one of us. Like, don't, you know, don't be quiet and, you know, listen. But yes, first go to God. But if you have any questions, if you feel like you need some support and, you know, guidance, please reach out to one of us. You know, we're willing mm. to help, you know, support you along the way, pray for you, you know, counsel you and, and give you some advice in 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 what we're doing but everything we know everything that you know the three of us have discussed we've we only know it by the grace of god and so that same grace is available to you so yeah man we'd love to we'd love to speak to you for real all right i feel like it's one of them ones where you should share the grace i hear that it makes sense to close with mm-hmm. the grace or a prayer at least yeah, something. Prayer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bless, um do you want me to pray or, or do the grace Okay, we'll pray. <laughs> All right, Lord Jesus, um, thank you for this time of um discussion that we've had and Bible study, and thank you for the revelation because it's your Holy Spirit that helps us to be able to interpret Scripture and reveals these things to us. I pray, mm-hmm. Lord, that anybody under the sound of my voice, um, who has been struggling with sin consistently, Lord, I pray this episode will truly set them free. I pray mm-hmm. those who don't know you, who've listened to this episode and who've struggled with the concept of sin or with um, Christianity, that they will be set free also from listening to this. And I just pray, Lord, that you will just keep everybody safe in these times. You will give us peace. Those of us who are anxious with um, this corona situation, I pray that we will just Mm. have peace and submit to your will, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We can do the grace now. We can all do the grace now. Okay. So now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ, the love love of God, and the, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, Spirit be with, be with us now. Now forevermore. Amen. 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 I love that, man. Everybody shout seven hallelujahs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sit back and relax. Tell me what's on your